I felt like like our family was being called to something and the fire from the faculty and the community was just feeding that, you know? Um, and it still does. I mean, I still feel that. Welcome. It's the Le Bon V podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Abarado, joined with the good Deacon Conk. Yes, happy to be here and happy to have... A brief pause. Kyle here, coming to you from the future. Well, technically from the past, based on when you're listening to this. But from the future of recording this episode, well, time is kind of funny. Anyway, we wanted to share with you... The next episode where we continue our discussion of the moral virtues. However, we're just too excited to share with you a conversation we got to have with, with the Munzing family, Christy and Mike Munzing. And so we're going to kind of take a brief break from discussing the moral virtues to share with you our great conversation with the Munzings over the next three episodes. All right, let's get back to the show. Happy to be here and happy to have friends in the room so it's not just uh, you and i although i love being with you mr alvarado but we have a wonderful couple from the school of john paul the great academy joining us mike and christy munzing hello hi guys hey there thanks for having us it's great to have you all with us we have a quite a few a full room today yeah it's it's tight in here with big mike <laughs> Mike is a, a, a big fella from the Northeast, and we'll hear about that story in a second. Um, but first, tell us about your kids at the school. Who's at the school currently? Well, currently, we have uh, Hilda, who will be entering third grade, and uh, Marion, who will be entering pre-K-3. And Morgan, our oldest, graduated two years ago. That's right, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, time flies, but two years ago. So, so you have graduated a guardian. We have graduated... A guardian, yes. Congrats on that. Thanks. And your graduated guardian uh, just celebrated a sacrament recently with another graduated guardian. This is so true. So I have to ask, do you do you blame JPG for this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely changed, uh, I think, the way that, that Morgan looked at the next step in her life and taught her to, to pray about her vocation in a... For those of you who don't know Morgan, uh, she she dated Phil Demora, who's a, a a great kid and another JPG graduate, and they fell in love in high school. And he went away to college and came back, and they 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 got married in January. So it's like one of those JPG love stories. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations! I mean, you finally get a son, even though it's just according to the law. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Someone to mow my lawn and take out my trash. Amen. That's what sons are for. <laughs> Good sons. Son That's what good sons are for. My three-year-old boy, he's not good yet. He'll get there. <laughs> good must be learned. Um, all right, so let's kind of talk about y'all's story a bit. First, individually, just kind of share your background, where you're from, um, maybe how y'all got together and, and, and got married. Love to hear about this. 
You want to go first? Sure. Okay, you go. Sure. So um, I grew up in, in Massachusetts or New England at large, so a lot of time in, in New Hampshire as well. Um, came down to Lafayette to get my master's in geology. And uh, so I'll, I'll tell it in, in, in the short story way. Lafayette was, was, was sight unseen. Uh, UL Lafayette was sight unseen at the time back in 99. And um, within three days of, of being here, Christy and I met in the hallway at UL. We were dating about a, uh, about a month later and then uh, engaged a few months after that and married a few months after that. So by the end of my first year in, in Lafayette, uh, I, was, I was married to Christy. Wow. It's a city where things happen, huh? Very fast. Where dreams come true. Where dreams come true. <laughs> where dreams come true. <laughs> and she still likes me. It's 21 years and she still likes me. So this is good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Christy, what's your story? My story, uh, well, I'm, I'm from Lafayette. I mean, I was born in New Orleans, I'm a, uh, an oil field brat. So my dad worked in New Orleans for a company called Bayroid, but um, moved to Lafayette when I was a little kid. But all my family's from here, the Judy's area, Youngsville area. Grew up in the French Catholic culture, you know, like a like a lot of like a lot of us did, and uh, I uh, my childhood was kind of interesting. I, I I grew up playing Cajun music, you know, so that was um, my reality was was going around and playing gigs with and hanging out with old old men who played fiddle and accordion and steel guitar. Well, how how did that uh, interest get sparked in you as a as a young person? You know, it's funny. Uh, my grandfather played music. He played Cajun music with a band called the Dixie Ramblers in, in the 1930s here. And in the 1930s in this area, um, Cajun music had, had kind of gone down. So you have like the the early 30s and the late 20s was when the accordion was really happening and French music was, was the hit thing. Well, by 1935, Bob Wills had taken over the radio and everybody wanted to sound like him. So Grandpa was in a band, and they played Western swing music. They sang in French a lot, you know, but um, he did that for a long time. He was a professional musician. He made 25 bucks a day playing music versus 25 cents picking cotton, you know. It's a big difference. Very big difference. So um, Magnitude of 10. <laughs> yeah, but he, he quit playing professionally. In 1938, he moved to Lake Charles, got a job with the railroad, but he always played at home. Um was friends with all of the musician friends that he still had in the thirties. So when we'd come, you know, when he'd come to Lafayette, he'd take me to visit his old bandmates and stuff like that. So I just grew up seeing music. And uh, I remember the first time I saw an accordion, it was like, you know, it was like a, like a Holy spirit moment for real. <laughs> I was at Acadian village at this little festival and there was an old man sitting on the porch and he, he made accordions. His name was Espera Broussard. He was a friend of my grandpa's and he had one and I saw it and I was like, to touch this i have to play it and for months i would talk about it with my mom and uh i played i played instruments i played guitar and piano and stuff and uh i just kind of bugged them enough till they finally got got me one and it it made sense to me kind of uh off the bat i mean i wasn't virtuosic but the the mechanics of it made sense so so i started that when i was 10 and then uh when I when I met Michael, I was playing music. You know, uh, he actually thought I was two different people, which is really kind of a fun story. I did when we met in the hallway. I, I thought she was a completely different person than when I met her a week later, and uh, I thought her name was different. She was just this different person. She was with a friend the first time. I met her the second time. I was like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" I'm Mike, 
like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the second time he met me, I was I was playing a, a songwriter's gig at the sidebar. And uh, I had a guitar in my hand. Maybe it just completely changed me. <laughs> completely changed her, yeah. I was, uh, well, he was interested in both of them, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one he kind of he kind of brushed off, but the second Christy, <laughs> the like, second Christy was amazing. I need to know that girl. Stage, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was completely dedicated to like not dating anybody and focusing on school. You know, focusing on being a a student. Uh, you know, getting a, this this degree. And uh, so I, I held Christy at bay for about a month. Yeah. For like five he, he hours. That's awesome. For five no, whole hours. I said, I said, no, no, I'm going to be a student. You, you held know? me at bay for – no, what was what, fun about Mike and I's dating is, I mean, I, I was so steeped in the culture here. And, and I knew so many people and so many places to go to, like, bring tourists, you know. So I just – I drug this poor guy around and – we went to every old dance hall we could find. In mm-hmm. fact, there's a there's a club not far from here called the Friendly Inn that's yep. closed down where the average age was like 85. <laughs> and I got Mike. He was dancing with, you know, mm-hmm. it's old place, dark. And, you know, it was fantastic. And we'd go. We went all, we went all over. He met all my family members, uh, all my old aunts and uncles who were in their 80s and 90s at the time that when they spoke English, it sounded like. You didn't understand them, you know. Yes. It's like that old Cajun accent that's like you can't replicate it unless it's your first language. So we had we had a lot of fun. And uh, mm-hmm. I think you had fun. You seemed like you had a blast with me. When I talk about people, you know, talk to people coming to the area for the first time, I, I generally talk about that experience for me. And then I've seen other people come to the area and just handle it a different way. So I was immersed immediately in, in, in this area and in the culture, yeah, which made this like area it. awesome. Yeah, right? It's just, you know, all the good stuff. And I tell people who come here, it's like, just, you know, dive in. It's mm-hmm. awesome if you dive in. And uh, so far, people that follow that advice, you know, they're, they're still here. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Well, it's Le Bon Vie, Deacon Adam Cronk here, Mr. Calabarado, and the Munzings, Mike and Christy. And um, this is awesome because I think you are a great couple to help accomplish what the podcast is about. I mean, one of our goals is to highlight where Catholic, classical, and Louisiana culture collide, you know, mm-hmm. and to help people live that here. Because that is what we are at the school. We're a place where Catholic, classical, and Acadia, Louisiana culture just all collide in a beautiful way, or it ought to be beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is this is really your experience. I mean, like, Mike, you, you head on with Cajun culture when you got here, right? Um, but I want to kind of shift to, to the school and that experience with you guys, um, maybe from marriage to the school, obviously that's a long story, but, uh, how did the school kind of impact your life together, your family? Well, um, that is a long story, but, and it's, it's pretty deep, but, um, so Morgan was in, uh, she's a really bright kid, you know, she was in gifted program in public school, and um, by the time she got to sixth and seventh grade, we could see that socially it just wasn't working for her. And um, I'm a cradle Catholic, you know, went all through, confirmed. I was even an extraordinary minister in high school. Uh, was into it, you know, but you kind of cool. I did at least. I cooled on that. Um, in my later college. And then Mike was not religious in any sense. He was the nicest guy I knew and the most ethical person I knew, but he was not religious in that sense. And so we, we worked that that way. It was fine. Um, 
And then, so we had friends who um, whose children were at JPG, and they told us how much the school was very loving and how um, socially it was great and how she would feel so free there to express herself and how academically it was uh, challenging. And, and so we went to visit, and when we went there with Morgan, she, she showed up at, at JPG um, wearing a black hoodie. That's what she wanted to go and visit with. Right. And her hair was kind of in her face, black hoodie, and she was kind of hiding everything about herself. And was sh- she wanted to go, but she was very shy. And well, I think it's important to say, so how old is she at this point? Morgan was thir- 13, 14. Yeah. So she, was, she would have been entering in ninth grade. So she was like in, an eighth grader in the, the darkest part of your eighth grade self. You know, you're so... You know, and so and she she was like that, just kind of uh, very dark and and you know inward. And um, it was within thirty minutes. It makes me want to cry. But mm. <laughs> we walked in, and she just her face, everything about her changed. It was like the hoodie came off. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is much. This is going to change my child. And it did. It absolutely did. It just like blew her open in a way that was awesome. She's a very compassionate kid, and it was a safe place, as safe as high school can be. It was a safe place for her to be as empathetic as she was. And uh, Yeah, I, I think I taught her almost every every you did. year. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, would, I would describe her as bright, open, compassionate, right. creative, and very, very different from, I think I still remember that tour where mm-hmm. where she was kind of part of um, a group of students coming mm-hmm. in for the first time and kind of an introduction to the school and yeah i think she wore a, um what's that movie uh with with the with the skeleton uh jack um the midnight before christmas um oh, not yeah sure had a nightmare before christmas hoodie on right. and i remember telling her like morgan that's not a pro and she have to wear that <laughs> but anyway it it opened her up and uh you know the first the first school year i think it was not many months after that, that Michael told me rather as a surprise that he he wanted to go through RCA. Yeah, so so okay. taking like a, a you know like a six month step back or so, us joining JPG coincided with a, a move across town into a new house, which put us near Cathedral, uh, near downtown. And Christy said to me one day, she said, uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to start going to cathedral, to mass at cathedral. And this comes out of not going to mass. We weren't even like, you know, Christmas and Easter going at all, like zero going. And so I said, I said, that, that sounds great for you, you know, go for that. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, no, no, we, we are, we are all going to mass. And I, I said, uh, okay, I'll support you in that. That's 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 cool, you know. And thinking nothing of it, there was no expectation ever from from the family, you know. And Christie's family's, you know, they're they're very Catholic, and uh, I no one ever expected me to become Catholic. I didn't expect me to become Catholic, and I'm about forty at the time, which is you know you don't just do things on a lark at forty, but going to cathedral, uh, listening to the masses, the the homilies of, of Father Chester in particular. Father Chester Arsenault, and uh, moved me in such a way that I felt compelled. I felt uh, an intuition. I felt a, a strong pull to join the church. And I sat on that for about six months, which is crazy because I walk in the door and tell Christy everything of my day. You know, it's just it's just nonstop. And 
for me to hold that back, I really wanted to make sure like this is going to stick. This is going to stay. And, uh, you know, finally I did all the research and, and, you know, found the RCIA, found the program to join, talked to everybody and, and said, Christy, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to become Catholic. She's like, what? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was blindsided. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is Ooh. where this is where Adam and I met because Adam was my RCIA teacher. Yes, and it was it was a beautiful collision of all these communities because you you're in JPG when you started we RCIA, but barely, barely. Okay, so I mean, what a community to explore your your young faith, right? I mean, I remember many mm-hmm. great conversations after class between you and I, and yep. you know, the understanding your faith was important to you, and understanding the Catholic faith that you were embracing was important to you, and um, it was just such a blessing. I could tell at the time that you were in the JPG community because, you know, I knew. RCA was not it for you. You had this great community of other people who also wanted to understand and live out their faith in a serious way right. uh, to support you, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm really interested because that's when I got to know you was mm-hmm. during this process. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a Yankee, and the church has a lot of stigmas that go along with it that might make it really <laughs> difficult to, you know, um, dive in. So I'm just yeah. curious, what, what was it in in some of those homilies and experiences of the mass that kind of had a little more power than the stigma. I, I, you know, I think you put it exactly the right way there. You know, there, there was, there was stigma and and, and perhaps misconceptions would be another, another word for it uh, in, in my own head and, you know, in my own opinions that had grown over the years, you know, toward, toward the church. And, And there was always a respect from me toward the church, but, but also, there was there was a lot of negative things as well, and just what I found in, in the homilies, what I found in as I talked to people, there was a lot more compassion and and, and love that came from the church rather than than judgment, because I think I expected more judgment and less love, but found more love, and uh, that was eye opening. I, I and I still see that all the time. You know, I mean, we have judgmental people that are members of the church. Yeah. But I find that the church brings so much love and just paying attention to the message of the church itself rather than just individuals within it tends to, I, I, I don't know, I'm losing my words, but but move me in the right direction, I suppose. Well, surprised by love, that's a great um, way to describe and, in, and encounter the church. Well, so uh, this is Le Bon Vie. We are here with the Munzing families. And so... Talk to us about uh, how did being a member of uh, the JPG community, how did that, how did that impact? So I guess, Christy, your, Mm -hmm. your reversion back to the faith and and Mike, your conversion to the faith. Well, for me, we, um, we immediately became friends and made connections with the faculty. Um, yeah, wouldn't assume that you were part of that faculty. Right, and then the next year I actually joined that faculty uh, part-time. But, you know, it was one of the, the first times that I felt um, a kindred spirit among Catholics, um, a, a, a group of people that have a, an intellectual hunger, um, that are spiritually thirsty, and they're always questioning and, and talking, and it's, it's you know, it's high-level thinking, um, to me, that was, I felt like I was in graduate school again. Mm. And I remember being in grad school the first time and just felt alive. I felt like, oh, my my brain is actually on fire and it's working. <laughs> and, like, I love these people. And, and that's how I felt um, 
I was so excited about John Paul the Great, and Morgan was excited about it too, but I was like really excited <laughs> about this. I was like, I love your teachers, you know, and uh, I just remember feeling so, so comfortable and just, I felt like, like our family was being called to something and the fire from the faculty and the community was just feeding that, you know, um, and it still does. I mean, I still feel that when we go to any of these meetings or, I mean, it's hard to like not cry in the first five minutes of a, of a parent <laughs> meeting for us, you know? And, and because, I mean, I think cause we felt the difference in another school situation, not that like public school is not like the evil thing, but there's such a palpable difference from where we felt isolated and alone and that we didn't have a voice and there was no love to this is so different, you know? Yeah, I think the idea of openness you brought up, Mike, is a great, and that's a great example of your experience, Christy, is that I guess what we strive for at JPG, which is unique, you know, not you don't find it everywhere in the Catholic world, but we strive for this faith that's open to intellectual formation and life to its, to its greatest, right? All the questions. Mm-hmm. And an intellectual life that's open to the faith, and that all of that is open to the culture that surrounds us, like in Louisiana and the music and the food and the family and everything that we love about life. So that openness creates this unique community where people can feel different than the isolated feeling that a lot of American and American Catholics feel. You know, it's just a very open place in the sense of um, the full person is nurtured, you know, faith, intellect and culture. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's grace. It has to be because, you know, it's like shining a light on your intellect and everything just looks illumined all of a sudden. And, and I feel like like JPG community, it's it is graced. I mean, it's it's obvious to me. Um, and then intellectually, you know, it. Um, I just found it very um, compelling. And you talk, Mike. <laughs> I'll just continue along the track of, of talking about the community of, of JPG. And, and we were aware that it was a community before we, we joined the school. Uh, we were told that. And, you know, and Chris, I remember saying to Christian, I'm like, gosh, we don't need another community. I mean, we have a community. You know, we, we, we have, you know, we're very social, huge amount of friends, you know, good friends and constantly gathering and, and, and being with people and, and, and all that. So it's like, you know, gosh, we have to be part of another community, you know, and um, <laughs> it's a terrible way to think of it. <laughs> and But what what really happened was we felt so drawn into the community and, you know, and, and became immersed in it very, very, very quickly just, you know, through the the wonderful people that are that are part of it, you know, from the headmaster at the time, you know, all the way all the way on down. You know, Peter Fletcher was the headmaster. When when we started there and, and we became uh, close with he and his family and and still are and um, you know the the latest headmaster uh, Mr. Ria you know I, I became close with him we ended up on a senior uh, camping trip together and, and really loved being around him and um, you know and just the the, the faculty the, the the people the the other parents uh, it was an unexpected you know blessing that that happened to be just pulled into that. And, uh, yeah, I think I think needed. we went in expecting it to be like Morgan's going to get some formation. It's going to be socially good for her. It's going to be intellectually challenging. But I think that whole part of it was a was a surprise. Yeah. Well, we're going to put the pause button on this episode, but we have the Munzings for another two episodes. Right. So join us next week for Le Bon V. We're going to continue this great conversation and get even deeper with the Munzings. Yeah.
Don't 